Hello, and welcome to episode 127 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler. I'm joined today with Philip Foriska. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho. And Pete DeVeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. You guys just sound so chipper today. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's Friday. It is Friday. Not necessarily, depending on when they're listening to it. That's as, true. As we record, it is Friday. And we have a really interesting, exciting, fun-filled episode for you guys today. Buckle in. Yeah, this is going to be bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It is going to be crazy. We're talking about the one, the only, CCPA. <laughs> so <laughs> that is the California Consumer Privacy Act. It's legislation that is, we'll get into the timing and stuff. It's legislation that's passed in California. There's going to impact data collection and, and whatnot. Similar to GDPR in some re- regards, but we'll get into that. It's really not that similar to GDPR, but I think people are bundling them together because it's, oh crap, we've got to do stuff with our data that we didn't think about before. So we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of what CCPA, sorry, what Kukupa is, uh, what it is not, what do you need to do, do you need to do anything? But before we get into all of that, I really want to put out a big fat disclaimer that we are not legal experts. This is our opinion. You should absolutely 100% consult legal counsel before you make any decisions related to data privacy and things like that. Does that cover us, guys? You think we're good? Yeah. I think so. Yep. Do not try this at home. Yeah. Oh, well, you should, you you should, yeah Caution. Contents of coffee cup is hot. That's right. Uh, or the, the beer that I'm drinking is pretty cold, so it's it's good. It's all good. So we're in episode 127. We've been around the block once or twice. We know a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, so hopefully we'll do this topic proud. Are we prepared for this? We're ready for this. This is a. It's one of those episodes I think it's going to have a lot of great information that everyone's going to really need to know. Yeah. But take the information and expand on it. Talk to your attorneys, talk to general counsel, and find out exactly what you need to do. So if you listen to episode 82 where we covered all things GDPR, that would have put you on the right track to really accomplishing a lot of what you need to do for CC or CUPA. 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 But there's going to be some variants and things like that that you want to address. Yeah. But just kind of keep in mind, that we're all talking about the customer's data that you are the steward of. Yeah. You are not the owner of their data, and they expect you to treat it with respect. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah, and I think that's how we framed it with the GDPR episode was if you start with that concept that you're borrowing or you're privileged enough to be allowed to use someone else's data, then it it frames it in a way that a lot of the decisions you have to make are fairly straightforward and fairly obvious. But listening to this podcast is not enough. If you get, if you get a lawsuit and we'll talk about the potential lawsuits in in a little while, but if you do get a lawsuit going to court and saying, but I listened to the fuel hotel marketing (laughs) podcast, even though it is an award winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast now, since we got our Gold Adrian Award, it's not going to hold much water in court. So you really do need to do the legwork and do the homework on this yourself. This is just getting you thinking about it. You still have a little bit of time, and we'll talk about that as well. So there's the setup. I do want to do another shameless plug. I'm going to do this in the next few weeks as well. Um, I'm on the HSMAI Marketing Advisory Board this year, so part of my responsibility is evangelizing for that organization but beyond that i i genuinely believe what i'm about to say and that is that the hsmai 
marketing strategy conference that happens in New York in January is the best hospitality conference that I attend each year. It, it, the content is phenomenal. It's the who's who of hospitality. If you really want to make your mark in this industry, you want to meet the movers and shakers, you want to um, propel your career, HSMI is a great organization to do that. But this particular conference, the Marketing Strategy Conference, is the place to go. So I would encourage everyone listening that has an interest in developing a career in the hospitality industry, whether you're in marketing or sales or operations, it doesn't matter. I think you, you will get value out of this. So go to our, our website, go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 127, and we've got links right there so you can go register for that conference. It's, it's January 21st and 22nd in uh, New York this year, so or next year, I should say, 2020. Shameless plug out of the way. Let's move on. Next segment, news of ruse. With hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for news of ruse. Pete. Yeah. Oh, you're adding some flair to the end of it. Yeah. That was, nobody saw the jazz hands except for you, you guys. Could, uh, I think they all pictured it in their mind yeah. when they heard it. Some, some big jazz, jazz hands. There were some majestic, <laughs> awesome jazz hands. Are you ready to go back live with that? I kind of feel like... I kind of am, yeah. Because yeah. I've kind of forgotten what I sound like when I sing. Yeah. It's good that I forgot, but I want to torture people with my newest renditions. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Because your clarinet I'm good. playing I'm, was... I'm really good with it. Okay. Let's go live. All right, we're going... So next... You heard it here first. Next episode, we're going to go live. Now, that does mean that on the episodes, Pete's not here, that someone else is going to have to fill in. That's yeah, fine. Okay. All right. So it's official. It is decided. So what, what news or do we have this week? We got one from searchengineland.com. So there was a study conducted by Proficient Digital that showed that the rich answers in Google mobile search have doubled since last year. I'm sure you've noticed it when you've conducted mobile searches yourself, but uh, it's good to see um, a study kind of point out the fact that, yes, your organic rankings, I guess, are decreasing in the eyes of google search console uh they'll show you you know if you're actually organic position one they'll show you four five six now because they include their own results above you but um really what this means is uh when you have your images tagged correctly or you are answering queries and showing up in essentially position zero which would be a featured snippet or or featured result um you're, you're much more likely to get more traffic. But we're seeing this more and more often, and I think it'll continue to grow. Yeah, you're hearing this term banded around a lot, the zero click of Google, where you know you get the answer you need without having to click on anything. So for, for you, you listening, you're like scratching your head and saying, well, crap, does this mean <coughs> SEO's dead? Yes, it means SEO's dead again for the 972nd time. But it also means, no, it's not dead and it never will be dead. And You, you still, still want to be work. the one showing up in that right. snippet. Yep, exactly. So you, you want to make sure, we talk a lot about when you're developing content, making sure that it's useful, valuable content. And the example we always give is, you know, writing a list of all the questions you ever, your property ever gets asked, talk to your front desk, talk to your reservationists, talk to the housekeepers, everyone involved that interacts with the guest, figure out what the questions are that people are asking and make sure that content exists on your website. Because, you know, most, most of these responses are answers to questions within the Google results. And if you don't have those answers then you're not going to rank in any of those positions. It's also images. A lot of this came from, from images as well. So making sure you're, Images are properly tagged, uh, alt tags, um, 
descriptions and um, just be as descriptive as possible there. Uh, you're, you're likely to show up on image results as well. Yeah, and just spend the extra couple of minutes. It doesn't take long. You know, rather than calling image image1.jpg or .png, call, rename the file before you upload it to the CMS. You know, make sure it's optimized. Make sure that the alt attribute is descriptive of what's in the image. You should be doing that anyway for ADA or ADAR, but you should, you should absolutely do it because it, it's valuable to you on the search engines. Yeah, Google's going to continue to evolve and change. But like like we talked about last week or the week before when we were talking about the BERT update, you know, if you if you really focus on what Google's trying to accomplish, you're going to be just fine. You know, just try to create the best, most compelling content based on what you know about the guests, and you're still going to get the traffic. I mean, Melissa, what do we see? Like, I know it varies a lot, but organic traffic to a lot of these sites is still significant. Absolutely. Like a, over a, a third. Usually about 30%. Right. So when it, that's why it's always funny to me when people say SEO is dead. It's like, well, if it was dead, then 30% of my revenue just disappeared overnight. So It's not dead. It's not dead. Nor will it ever be, I don't think, until we all have brain implants and things just pop up based on our thought patterns yeah but then i'm gonna have to mark that mm -hmm. data up so it <laughs> pops into your head this is not gonna die yeah and i need a job so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so is that that's the news rue this week that's the rue all right that's the rue you can't shorten it yeah no it's singular news awry i'm uh, not sure how you shorten rue that you just i don't know or just news rue yeah, there you go. Hey, call, call it by its, it's name. It's episode one twenty-seven. Which, which <coughs> in numerology is what, Melissa? Uh, one. Oh, this is our inaugural episode. The first, first ever episode. episode of the. Welcome to the first episode ever of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. The award-winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> we we yeah. won an award, and we only just recording our first episode. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. You know what's funny? I was listening to. Um, no, I was listening to one of our old episodes earlier this week. I, was, I had an interview. Um, for the lodging leaders podcast that they, they were asking me about um cyber monday deals and things like that and so i went back and listened to an episode that we did i think it was like episode 28 maybe that we did on how to take advantage of cyber monday and it's topical because it's coming up the sound quality in that episode was so bad because <laughs> that's that's back when we had literally a single microphone in the middle of a table and we're all talking into the same microphone you know we We've grown up a little bit. A little bit. Gentlemen. Sound quality's better. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's it's definitely, it's definitely the job. better. Yeah, it was it was the content though was quality. I, I might may say so. That's why people tune in every week. And we appreciate you tuning in, and you tuned in today to listen to G. No, not GDPR. <laughs> That's, that was episode eighty something. No, you turned in to listen to CCPA. So Pete, yes. What is CCPA or Kukapa? So that is the California Consumer Privacy Act. And it's a piece of legislation that was designed really to enhance the privacy rights of customers for residents of California. But here's where it gets a little bit tricky. And even if you're not a hotel in California, that you need to focus on. It applies to people in California or residents of California in general. So if you have a resident of California visiting your property in wherever you might be, Theoretically, CCPA or CCPA is you're beholden to to those regulations. Any any business who 
does business online <clears throat> with Californians. Well, so that's that's part or, of the problem, right? Because we're, yeah. we're going to discuss this as we go forward. So right now, this is legislation that has been passed in the state of California. But the, the California Attorney General has not defined the actual regulations that are going to get enforced yet. That, that has to happen sometime between January 1st, 2020 and July 1st, 2020. So until that's defined, the actual law piece of this, like what is legally enforceable, there's so much ambiguity. So a lot of folks are even saying, you know, doing business in California means online or, you know, we'll, we'll get into the specifics mm-hmm. of that. But it's really, there's a lot of ambiguity. There's not a lot of clarity. It reminds me a lot of when GDPR was first announced and everyone was like, I don't quite understand what this means or what I need to do. Doesn't it? Aren't there, I'm sure we'll get to it later, but there are some kind of restrictions or regulations based on size of the business. Or yeah, revenue. we'll get into that. Okay. So let's- yeah, there's a lot of that. It, basically, what it means, though, is as a hotelier who might be dealing with California guests, you want to make sure that, and honestly, this is true for any of your guests, you want to make sure you tell your customers what data you're collecting, how you're using that data, and if they do not want that data, in the case of CCPA, shared or sold, they have the ability to say, hey, this is my data, I want you to use it how I see fit. Right, so some of that sh- you should already have done as part of GDPR, right? Because assuming that every hotel in in the world at some point has a European Union citizen is going to come stay with them and has collected data on them, everyone here, even though I know a lot of folks haven't, you should have already reevaluated your data privacy policies in and your, certainly your privacy policy that is on your website should disclose everything you're collecting mm-hmm. and why you're collecting it and what you're doing with it. But CCPA is or Kukaba is less about, you know, whereas GDPR is more about giving control to the individual about what data is collected and why and the right to be forgotten and all that stuff. This seems to be a little bit more about protecting the proliferation of the data to other third parties. Right. right. It's, it's it's less about, because you're not opting into anything with, with CCPA. You yeah, can opt there's... out of being sold, but you don't <laughs> mm-hmm. opt in like you do with GDPR. Right. And there's also not an option with CCPA to actually delete your information. It's more of a do not sell my information. Right. Do not right. sell, do not share it right. with right. third parties. Yeah. Right. Where with GDPR, it's more of a they take the right to be forgotten or right to be erased a lot more stringently on the GDPR side than the CCPA side. So, so why was this legislation created, Pete? Because marketers can be their own worst enemy at times. They can. They're the worst. I've said this before publicly, but you know, attorneys get a bad rap, right? Mm-hmm. People always call, especially in America, because there's more attorneys in America than any other country. All other countries combined. It's ridiculous how, mm-hmm. you know, the, the legal system here. But marketers are really, in my mind, there's a lot of bad actors in marketing, right? A lot of folks are trying to manipulate consumers to do something that's not necessarily in their best interest. And one of the ways they do that is by consuming their data mm-hmm. and then using that data to persuade them to do something that they may not have otherwise wanted yeah. to do. Yeah, I mean, so when it comes down to it, it was designed to give the consumers the right to know the way they put it is the who, what, when, where of their data and how it is being used and obviously the ability to, to pump the brakes when someone's trying to sell their data. Which but, is, as a consumer, that's great, right? That, yeah. Like I, I believe that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. We should know who's got our data, why they've got our data, what they're doing with our data. 
that's not we, unfair to ask that. Right? No, and, and we say that the cons- that marketers are our own worst enemy. It's because that's what we should be doing all along. Because it's the right thing yeah. to do, not because some legal group is telling us to do it. That's just how we should be operating, yep. but we're not. Like, yep. And we're going to harp on it over and over again is this is your guest's data. It is not your data. They're just entrusting you with it. So make sure that you are someone that they'd want to trust with it. Yeah. What it comes down to. So let, let's nail down a little bit closer of who needs to be compliant with this stuff. Like who, who does this actually pertain to? Because I think there's a lot of ambiguity around that. Yeah, there is. I mean, it really comes down to they have three main criteria. The first one is if, well, first of all, assuming that you do business within California, that's the very first one. And that's or anyone a, from California does business with you. Right. Exactly. Once you've defined that, yes, I have some relationship with California. Number one, do you have annual gross revenues exceeding 25 million? Which if you're an individual <laughs> property, you know, maybe not, right? Probably not. But Maybe if, not, but you have to match any of these right. criteria. Right. So the first one is 25 million in gross revenue. Number two, you obtain personal information of 50,000 or more California residents, household, or devices annually. Which, again, maybe not. That's a lot. Right? right? That's yeah. 50,000 just from one state is a lot. And that's also devices, too. They're looking at a broader picture of what type of personal information that you have. If people connect on their phone, their tablet, and their computer. That's three devices. That's three devices. You... Or you obtain 50% or more of annual revenue from selling California residents' personal information. Selling California residents' personal information. But selling doesn't necessarily mean for money. Like They expand that a little bit if you read through the regulation. If you share the data with a third party, if you give the data to a third party, money doesn't have to change hands for that to be consistent with selling in this case. Mm-hmm. So those are really the three things that... Have to, one of those three things have to be present and doing business with California to truly be beholden to the regulations of CCPA. And this is only for for-profit organizations. It doesn't include, if you're a non-profit organization, mm-hmm. you probably aren't listening to this show, but <laughs> it doesn't. this yeah. doesn't affect you either. And the other thing is, if you own other subsidiaries or you have a parent company that meets any of that criteria then you're still obliged to adhere to this. So if you're if you're one property, but you're part of a management company that owns 10 properties and they accumulate more than $25 million a year, then you're still incumbent. Mm-hmm. You have to do this. So kind of going back to why we're doing this podcast in the first place, this obviously pertains to California and you may not meet any of those requirements. Let's say you're a small boutique hotel in Maine that are not going to get close to those requirements. Here's a little trivia question for all the other podcast people. How many legis- pieces of legislation are currently being discussed in state legislatures regarding customer privacy? Do we need to do a Jeopardy tune here? Do, 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 do. Can I guess? Yeah. You can't. I know the answer, so I'm not going to guess. Uh, 55. Wait. Higher. Way higher? Yes. 4,092. Lower. <laughs> Damn it. This is going to take a while. So 300. That, that's very close. There, there's several hundred pieces of legislation across 25 states, including also Puerto Rico. So, so can we assume that this 
legislation that passed in California will also be passed in every other state eventually. Well, so or something similar. Yeah, a variant of it, right? And that's that's part of the crux of the problem is each one, like just like GDPR and the CCPA are different, every single state is introducing slightly different versions of this. Can't we just do this on the federal level? You would think. Well, here's the, the government's thing. too busy the, right the now federal, doing yeah. impeachments and stuff and whatnot. <laughs> but you know, regardless, so the good thing is when you look at GDPR and you look at CCPA and you look at Vermont did something similar already, what it comes down to is you want to make sure you're doing the right thing by the customer's data. Now, each one's going to have a little bit of a variant, right? But we want to go through some of the things that you actually need to do and need to have in place to make sure that regardless of what legislation comes up, if it's CCPA or whatever it might be, at least you're doing the right thing. Well, I would imagine that, you know, going back to the beginning of the episode and we say, you know, the data is the guests and not yours, that's going to be the main idea of all of this legislation. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the North Star that di- dictates the answer to every question you're going to have about data. If you if you start with that, that kernel of truth, every decision is obvious. There's nothing you do that benefits you at the expense of the guest. And you do the right thing. Exactly. And that really comes down to, if you can do these three things, you'll be in pretty much in good shape. The first one is customers need to have, they have the right to know what information a company is collecting. I think that's critical because in a lot of that information is more than just your name and address. You know, there is information like from your cookie policy and there's all these other pieces of information you actually collect yeah so if you look at this and this is one of the differences between gdpr and in ccpa is the right to know what data is being collected is important but with gdpr it goes beyond that it's the right to know what data is being collected who's collecting it who all the different people are what they're doing with it how long they're going to keep it like it's a lot more extensive so if you already adhere to gdpr then You're good. Th- this part's already taken care of. And just like Pete's saying, there's 25 states looking at introducing hundreds of new legislative, legislative rules that are going to govern this. You need to go to the max because mm-hmm. some of these are going to be more strict than others. You need to go all the way to what GDPR covers now and it should cover most of what we're seeing coming down the pike. Yep. Next one is the customer has the right to say no to a business... Oh, so the first one was K N O W. It was. It was the right to know. <coughs> right and to now know. It's the right to N O. Oh. Yep. Got it. And then lastly, this one. Like this. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Let's unpack that. The right to right to say no to what? So in the case of CCPA, selling your information or sharing. Right. So yes, yeah, selling or sharing information. They have the ability to be able to pump the brakes and say, "I do not want you to do this." So let me ask you this. Let's take an example of a chamber who as a member of a chamber you could rent so to speak an email that can be sent out to the chamber list does that well no so so you are renting the send you're not renting the actual data like if the chamber were to hand the email address over to you to be able to send on your own that's sharing the data for the for does, the for the chamber to send a promotional email themselves that's not sharing your data okay however if you look at gdpr you would as as that chamber in your your case you would you should be disclosing that we 
allow third parties to promote to our database. Right? That's that's right. disclosure. So when we go back to that first one, the right to know, K-N-O-W, you should tell people what you're going to do with their data. And chambers are typically pretty good at that, of having a, a sponsor type message or something along those lines. Right. And, and the other thing with GDPR is it, it forces people to actually check a box to acknowledge that before they actually submit the data. Right. The difference being with CCPA is there's none of this checkbox requirement. It's, it's all kind of an after the fact that they have the right to say no. But they're not acknowledging up front that I, I get it. You're going to do this. With, you're going to abuse my data in this way. So it's this, a little different. I don't know. Maybe I'm simplifying. But this is going to be something like, all right, we updated our terms of service. Click, Scroll down nine times and click yes. Everyone's going to do it. And then... You don't have to do, do that whatever, with CTPA. There's none of that. With GDPR, there was right. You were supposed to go back and get everyone that you collected data on in the past to reaffirm their intent to want you to have their data. CCPA okay, so doesn't do that. It's, it's a passive system versus this yeah. is. System. So you have uh, okay. I get it. So this is just the right to it rather than it. It, it's it a gives you the thing. option to opt out versus okay. the explicit consent that GDPR offers. However, right, we're just talking about California. To Pete's point earlier, other states are going to introduce different legislation. And I bet you that some of those are going to have rules that say they have to explicitly consent to this stuff. So you need to start now with the checkbox that is not pre-checked on every form, every place you're collecting data with a very easy to understand disclaimer that says, Here's what we're going to do with your data. Here's what we're collecting. Here's why we're collecting it. Here's how long we're going to have it. Even though that's not part of CCPA, even though you might know, though you might not care about GDPR, at some point legislation in the U.S. is going to enforce that. So, so do it now, so you're not caught your well, pants down later on. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because it's been over a year since we did episode 82 on GDPR. We, at that time, we were in the process of putting that checkbox on all of our client forms, making sure that our clients were, you know, adhering to GDPR spec as best we can, right? The sky has not fallen. We've continued to grow email databases. We've continued to receive forms, and we've continued to communicate with guests. It's just doing the right thing because if the customer wants you to talk to them, that checkbox is not a hurdle for them in the least. For sure. And I think people would think about that, like, oh, I'm not putting a checkbox there because that's going to lower my conversion rate. It's like, well, if the person doesn't want to hit a checkbox, they weren't your conversion to start with. It right. was you, Somehow you got them into the list in a deceitful way. Yeah. So does this mean, like, okay, I have the right to know what data you have on me? So a Californian can ask, hey, Google, no. what, what data do you have on me? No. Well, they can't ask, but your privacy policy should, dis- it should say that. It should absolutely state categorically what data you're collecting in you the don't have, they policy. don't have to tell you how or anything like that no, with, with gdpr they have to tell you about how it's been processed and who's processing it and all that stuff with ccpa you, it, it's not that mm-hmm. restrictive yeah I think you should do it you should still do it go go to the, put the effort in now because it will save you so much heartburn down the road yeah so the third thing that ccpa does and I think this is really the teeth of it, and which is probably why California was one of the first people to roll this out, is the right to protections against the businesses that do not uphold the values of privacy. Yeah. Which means if you're being shady and you're using customers' data how they do not want it to be, and you're using data the way they don't want it after they've told you they don't want to be have their data shared, 
then there is significant penalties for yeah. for that. And it's different, right? So let's let's jump into the specifics of the penalties. So with GDPR, the maximum penalty is four percent of gross worldwide revenue. It's right? a lot Which of money. Is, yeah. If you're like a Marriott or an Expedia, I mean that's that's a lot of money, right? If you're an individual hotel, that's still a lot of money. That hurts you. If you had four percent of your revenue wiped out because you were in violation, that's a problem. That could put some people out of business. With this, on the surface, it 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 looks lower, but we'll talk about why it's bigger impact, right? So, out of the gate, you can get fined twenty five hundred dollars per violation. So for every email address that you're not following these rules, it can go up to seventy five hundred dollars per email address if you deliberately didn't apply the regulations, right? So if you're maliciously treating the data, you're deliberately selling it to someone and not disclosing it, they can go up to $7,500 per violation. So that that doesn't sound like a lot, right? But if you, if you scale that, if you have 100,000 email addresses, that's a whole lot of money. But that's not the big deal. The bigger deal here is Cookapa now allows individual people to make a complaint and they are entitled to compensation and it's between what a hundred dollars and and seven hundred and fifty dollars per individual complaint per violation so if someone comes to you and says i want to not have my data um, sold and you don't respond to that or you don't deal with that somehow then that person now can sue you in court for a hundred to seven hundred fifty dollars okay so what not a big deal now, what about if you don't disclose what data you're collecting? If you're not in, in compliance because you don't have a privacy policy on your website that covers this stuff, now, this is where it gets really dangerous, now you're open to class action lawsuits. And that can absolutely put you out of business. And, and keep in mind, the state AG has not decided how this stuff's going to be prosecuted, right? Right. So, yeah. So, let's talk about timing, right? So. CCPA goes into effect January 1, 2020. So you have a little bit of time. You actually have more time than that. So the the California Attorney General is is now tasked with taking the, the law that was passed and creating regulations that can be enforced. Those have not been defined yet as of when we're recording mm-hmm. this, right? November 22nd, 2019. Those have not been defined. The Attorney General of California has six months after the January 1st date, so essentially till July 1st, 2020, to define what those regulations are. And then they have, you have, as a, um, as a business, you have six months from the date at which those regulations are defined, you have six months to come into compliance before those regulations get enforced. So assuming that the attorney general's already beavering away at this they're, they're going to get they're going to forego their thanksgiving and their christmas and they're going to roll this out january 1st 2020 you essentially have till july 1st 2020 before anything any repercussions happen from this so you so you should absolutely be aiming to do this as soon as possible but the reality is you have till july 1st 2020 to make sure that you're in complete compliance so you've well, got time to talk to an attorney a full year well, six it depends. For the right? AG to create the regulations. It depends the when they do it, months. right? Because the, the AG has up until July first. Oh, good but point. They, but they good could point. roll it out January first. Yeah. We just that's an unknown, right? So at some point between January first and July first, they're going to roll out regulations. From that, that's when the clock starts ticking. You have six yeah. months after that. So that it, you're right. It could be 
January of 2021 before you even can get any kind of ramification mm-hmm. from this. But let's assume that they're, they're ready to go January 1. July 1 is that drop dead date. But just, d- dudes, listen. <laughs> Come on. We're family here, right? Just do this. It's the right thing to do by your consumer. It's not that hard, right? It, it's We'll get into the specifics of what you need to do in a minute. But this is the right thing to do for your c- consumer. We are in the hospitality business. You should be, be hospitable hospital. to the data the way you are to the guests, 100%. Absolutely. I'm off my plinth. All right, so we're going to talk about the differences between the Kakapa and Jidabur. And we, we've already covered a few of these. Yeah, so I think we'll kind of just breeze through this. And can I do a little sidebar real quick? Yeah. So you remember when we did, and this is a similar type of episode, we did the WCAG yeah. episode, the ADA compliance one. At the time, everyone was saying WCAG, WCAG. right? And, and it was funny because we were saying WCAG, and it became kind of a joke within the episode. Everyone I talk to now calls it WCAG. Like, I feel like we need to take credit for that, don't you? I want to hear everybody say Kukupa. Kukupa. It's a thing. You heard it there. So if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you're listening because you just heard that. But go and everyone that refers to CCPA, just correct them. Just say, you mean Kukupa? But every Let's time you do, I want you to say trademark fuel. That's right. Kukupa trademark fuel. Trademark award-winning fuel. Yeah. Hotel marketing podcast. That's yes, but award-winning. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Oh, perfect. So, so GDPR, Kukupa. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the differences between the two. And we touched on a few of these already, but... We did. Are we going to continue to say the same thing over and over again? Yeah. (laughs) So what are we doing? The difference between... The differences between Kukupa and Jidipur. Somebody wish we were. People hate us right now. Hey, can I tell you about the time when we did a WCAG episode? (laughs) Yeah, get off your plinth. He went from a plinth to a sidebar. All right. I'm a clunky. Let's go. Right. So I found a really good PDF from uh, Data Guidance that I think we can probably put a link into the show notes for that goes line by line through Kukupa and GDPR and compares and contrasts the differences. It's a good like, 50, 60 page document, which is really great to kind of go through and understand. But there's a few things that are, are most important. All right. So first of all, the CCPA focuses more on reducing the unauthorized selling of the personal data for profit, whereas GDPR is more about the data ownership in general. Yep. So that's kind of one to keep in mind there. Number two is GDPR is much more restrictive about the types of data that are covered in legislation. CCPA has a lot of loopholes and areas from healthcare to nonprofit to publicly available information that is omitted and specifically omitted from CCPA. Yeah, and, and there's also a lack of clarity on, on some of these things. And I've read different interpretations based on the regulation. Like some people are even saying that it's only data that is provided by the guest or the, or the consumer specifically. So if they enter data into a form field, like name, address, whatever. It, some people don't think it even is restrictive enough to cover implied data or collected data that, that they don't know about. So like behavior on the website what they search for things like that so it, it again a lot of this is ambiguous until the attorney general comes out and clarifies some of this we're not sure i would go ahead and just as best practice assume it's any data that you're associating with an individual i think that's yeah. the way to approach it because regardless again of california someone at some point is going to be more restrictive than california mm-hmm. 
And then the other big difference, I think, is the, the active versus passive consent. With GDPR, you have to actively check a box saying, you have access to my data. With CCPA, that's not the case at all. However, there's 25 other states that are right on the heels of California, so I would err on the side of caution and make sure you have that checkbox. Follow GDPR requirements where they're more stringent, and maybe follow CCPA where those are more stringent. Yeah. You know the other big difference we didn't put in the show notes? What's that? Like GDPR requires you to have a chief data officer, like someone that's responsible for this, like an individual within your organization with whom the buck stops and, and someone that is always advocating on, on behalf of the, the consumer. This doesn't require that at all. So, Good point. Yeah. So the other one that I think is the CCPA, and this is interesting, they require a very specific link on your homepage if you sell data for for profit and keep in mind the word sell is ambiguous or not ambiguous is broadened but a link that says do not sell my personal information see that's that i, I know you you got that from one an attorney's I actually found it interpretation three places right now. but i've i've seen opposite things to that like i don't i don't know that that's literally in the legislation i think that's an interpretation of it see i found that on hospitality net i found that on two other places but you know what too. happens with the internet the same it's thing when place. we were researching this right yeah. it's in one place and then people go google it and then they create their own article yeah. and they copy and paste so i don't i don't know i mean maybe that's the case i i haven't seen that in the wild <coughs> i haven't seen mm -hmm. anywhere that that has that yet but i have seen a lot of places that now have privacy policy and their footer and then right next to it california privacy policy mm -hmm. so you know, I mean, number one, don't sell people's data, right? Yeah. And then you don't need to have that. And, and combine your privacy policies. It makes life easier. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we were talking about this earlier in the office. If there's 25 other states that have legislation that's probably going to pass in the next year or two, you're not going to want, you know, South Carolina privacy policy, North Dakota privacy policy, Vermont privacy policy on your site. So, no, because guess ridiculous. Sometimes people move. Oh, what? <laughs> so the South Carolinian who you collect the data for moves to California. What happens then? Oh, man. So I think... Just like, bake my noodle, man. Yeah. Like, like I said, you, you have to err on the side of caution. If GDPR is more stringent, follow that path. Yeah, for sure. Go the most restrictive and you're going to be fine. But I, I agree with you, Pete. I don't think you need a separate California privacy policy on your website. Even though that's the trend that I'm seeing mm -hmm. a lot, it's, it's short-sighted. Yeah. Think long-term with this and think about how you're going to deal with all these legislative changes that are coming. Just roll this stuff into your existing privacy policy and you're going to be just fine. Yep. And then I think the other thing that to look at is CCPA does carve out some specifics of what is not included. Those are things like any record from state, local, or federal governments, medical records, things along those lines where you actually can't opt out. So it's, you know, my little example would be if your Mugshot Monday picture appears, <laughs> you can't opt from that not being shared with everybody because that's a governmental record and, you know, sorry you had too much fun on Friday night, but whether you like <laughs> it or not, Saturday is getting shared around, around the world. That's funny. Have you heard how <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of news outlets that do the Mugshot Monday kind of stuff, mm -hmm. they now have an internal team that will review that because it's become a big problem for folks. Like if, if you got a DUI tomorrow, Pete, hopefully yeah, you don't. I don't. Like don't drink and drive. It's bad. Okay. It's, it's bad, okay? <laughs> um, but if, if you happen to get 
arrested and your mugshot comes up. And now when people Google Pete DeMeo, not only are they going to find the people united against Pete DeMeo because that's an actual thing, but they're also going to find that, that article. Mm-hmm. So now you have the ability to go and plead a case to the news outlet and say, this is the extenuating circumstance for my arrest, whatever it was. And they will adjudicate in, internally whether they're going to delete that or not. That was a phenomenal radio lab. Yeah, it was. That's why I listened to that yeah. whole uh, uh, episode. Of, um, which, if you don't listen to Radio Lab, it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's just very eclectic. The type of content they cover is just different in every episode. But the the one about the right to be forgotten from mm-hmm. past transgressions was really really good. Yeah, I think we should do a show of the best podcast to listen to other than the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I mean, obviously we're number one because we're <coughs> award winning. We're yeah. award winning. Yeah. Who else has ever won an award that you can think of? I don't think any any podcast ever <laughs> other than ours has ever won an award. So, we're the only. Yeah. The one and only. And this is our first episode. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> so, right, so let's get down to the nuts and bolts of this, right? So people really, what they want to know is what the hell do I need to do? So let, again, we're not legal experts. We don't, we don't, we're not saying that this is going to cover you in the court of law. You can't say mm-hmm. you just listen to us and, and you're good. Go consult an attorney. But this, from our perspective, our opinion, these are the things that you need to do to get ready for this thing. First off, and you should have already done this, it should be already a checkbox that you have checked. Review and understand what personal information is collected by your business. And again, it's just general best practice. Again, Kukupa does not mandate that. But you need to be doing that because some of this legislation that's coming is going to require that. And GDPR already does. Well, and what you're doing here is you're answering the question before it's asked. Because they can say, what information are you collecting? And that is not the time to say, you know what, I don't know. And then start <laughs> asking around. Go ahead and figure that out now. Yep. Because, one, there might be information that you're not aware of and that you need to catalog better. And there might be information that you want to start asking, too. So next up is understand how the personal information is collected and used. Confirm if the information is sold to third parties or shared and what that purpose is in sharing. And again, if you don't know this, you've got bigger problems, yeah, I think. I, w- I would say every business in the world, if, if you haven't really already tackled data, have a have a like a half-day retreat where you get all the stakeholders involved and just sit down and map out every piece of data you're collecting where it's getting stored what you're doing with it if you don't understand that if it's too complex you need to invest the time in in the stakeholders to and get them together to figure that out and get it documented because if you you don't know what you don't know and you, if you have data getting stored somewhere that isn't a legacy system that's when you end up like starwood has and like target has and like all these other people that get hacked and that's when, you know, you're potentially out of business because you just lost a bunch mm-hmm. of data and you're going to be in big trouble. And speaking of the data specifically, when we think of personal PII or personal identifiable information, we always think of, you know, name, address, phone number, things along those lines. CCPA goes a little bit further and references specifically what's called inferences drawn. Your personal information now includes IP addresses, browsing history, search information, location information, but then on the inferences drawn part, that's things like taking the data that you know about the person and coming up with new data for them. So kind of, and one of the examples I saw is your age plus if you ha- have a motorcycle will change what your risk tolerance is, right? That becomes PII related to you overall. 
So you have to think of that more than just the physical, this is your personal information. You have to look at the whole person's profile. Yeah, I think data is data, whether it's PII yeah. or it's just data you've associated with an individual. I mm -hmm. think you should treat it the same way. I mean, obviously you need to be a little more cautious with PII because there are <laughs> bigger risks. But again, data is data and yep. it belongs to the consumer. It doesn't belong to you. Yep. So we need to train employees who are responsible for handling customers' personal information. Again, this sort of goes back to GDPR. This should have been handled back then. Review contracts with service providers that have consumer personal information provided by your business. This is huge because there's so much information that you don't physically own. This comes back to data processors versus data owners, et cetera, going back to GDPR. Yeah, and this, this is where I think it's really important, not just like looking at your, your vendors and what they're doing, but also documenting your policies and your procedures internally to make sure as you are training people, as you are talking to your vendors, what what is it we expect? What What is our process? What is our policy related to storing, processing, allowing people to remove themselves all that stuff related to data and that goes back to when we were saying like map it out first you got to start with knowing what data you have and where it is and all that stuff spend the time to, to actually document what you're going to do moving forward as well and then lastly on our list surely not all comprehensive but ensure that those third-party audits of service providers who have access to your consumer personal information are compliant with Kukapa. That's the wild card one, right? You, know, you have so many different partners, so many people using the data, and even so many systems on your website that are not necessarily directly controlled by you. Right. You're responsible. It's your website. And we, we've actually come across this many times where a third party may not be adhering to best practices, and it becomes the hotel's problem. So kind of think about that in advance of who your, who your partners and are they offering that best-in-class service and making sure they're adhering to all those? Yeah, every rules. single vendor you work with, you should have a conversation about data privacy. Yeah. You should know exactly what they're doing with your data. And in the case of GDPR, you know, there's always this data owner versus data processor. So a lot of, like, say your booking engine provider or your PMS, they're, they're, they're not the owner of the data, but they're the processor of the data. It, it needs to be explicitly defined in the contract what data they collect, why they collect it, what they do with it. And it needs to specifically say that they have no rights to that data. It is not theirs. They cannot resell it. They cannot give it to someone else. They cannot share it with a third party, any of that stuff. You need to get those locked down now. If you need addendums with all your contract providers or all your vendors and, and update their contract, you should go ahead and start working on that now. Again, not just because of GDPR or CCPA, but because of every other legislation that's going to come down the pike. Well, that's a really good rule of thumb because we've dealt with people in terms of ADA and WCAG 2.0 and 2.1 issues with GDPR issues and whatever that might be. The time to figure out who's responsible for the data and what people's roles are is not when you get a lawyer letter. It's <laughs> yeah. way before that. Getting that stuff locked sure. down and documented is going to save you in the future at some point. So it's, might as well go ahead and get it done. Yeah. It could so, be a resolution for 2020 if you will. Yeah, there you go. New Year's resolution. So one of the things, that I, I, either I spaced out or we skipped it, was making sure the process for someone to opt out is very, you know, Pete mentioned earlier, like putting it on your homepage. Um, I, I don't know if you have to put it on your homepage, but you need to give a mechanism, whether it's in policy or on the homepage somewhere, where someone can say, 
I don't want you to share my data. And if you are one of those people that does share data, that you need to have a mechanism in place, like technically and policy-wise, that when they submit that and say, I don't want you to share my data, that you uh, omit them from any data sharing that occurs in the future as well. That's really the, the key point of CCPA is not giving data to someone if someone doesn't want you to. But don't again, don't give people's data to someone else. There's no value in that. Stop it. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's short-term value, potentially, right? But there's, long-term, you're eroding the relationship you have with the guest. You're abusing their trust, and that does not lead to a good long-term relationship. So what do you think that has to do with something like a, a remarketing list that we built where a visitor lands on URL that contains whatever this log is? Mm-hmm. And then we provide that data essentially to Google mm-hmm. to run a remarketing so, so, campaign. So, so you're I think you're sharing data. Right, you are. You are you're, you're right. Now, they they have limited rights. If you look at the policy that you have with, with a Google, any remarketing list, that, that you need to make sure you understand that contract, number one. What are they going to do with that data? I think you've kind of hit on a, a case, a scenario that is probably more legitimate than a lot of others, right? You're not just sure, selling absolutely. a list to a third party. So that has to be 100% disclosed in your privacy policy now. So you need to say, if you're doing any kind of, rem- and it should have already been in GDPR because it's part of what you're processing, how you're processing the data and part of the other processors that are using your data. You need to now define that Google is a partner with whom you share this data and this is the purpose for you sharing that data. That needs to be in your privacy policy. And now with CCPA, if someone says, I don't want you to do that. That's not something I'm not comfortable with. They don't have to opt into it, but they have to have a mechanism to be able to opt out of that. And you need to be able to fulfill that request if it and when it occurs as well. Yep. That that's that's tough, but it's the right thing to do. That's very tough. Yeah. Hmm. Silence. That's the mic drop opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this stuff is real, man. But as a consumer, I'm all about it. I think it's the right thing. Does it make our job a little more difficult and complex as marketers? You better, yeah, yeah, maybe so. Right? It does to an extent. But like I said earlier, a year ago, we made the switch to make sure that we're doing the best we can to adhere to GDPR standards. And the sky did not fall. A lot of clients and a lot of hotels have had fantastic years. And their personalization... Their communications with guests have only improved. Yeah. So I don't think that I think it's the lazy marker that says, "Oh, this is going to be horrible. I have to do this and this and this." It's like, no, that's because you're a lazy marketer. Use the data that you have that you've collected with consent in the best way possible, and you'll do great. Yeah. It, I mean, it it requires a little more effort, and and it's a change, right? And people are resistant to change, and mm-hmm. they they like the path of least resistance. But again, think of put your consumer hat on. Put your put your guest's hat on. This is the right thing to do. And and that sounds a little preachy, but ultimately we we have lived in this golden age for marketers over the last decade or so where we've had pretty much freedom to do whatever we want with whatever we want with no regulation. And we are getting yanked back in the opposite direction super fast. GDPR and CCPA are just the beginning. You know, we already mentioned that there's 25 states in the U.S. that are looking at legislation. If you look at Europe and how restrictive it's getting, certain countries. I mean, there's 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 places in Europe that don't even let you um, put Google Analytics 
on the site anymore because you're collecting data that they don't want you to collect. We're heading towards the potential of us getting so restrictive with this stuff. And I'm not arguing in favor or against that. I'm just saying it's, it's a fact, right? We're going towards having a lot more restrictions than we used to. And we're going to have to get used to that really quick. The more you do now to prepare for that, the less risk you have and the, the more you're going to be able to outcompete the competition when they're caught with their pants down a mm -hmm. year or two or three from now when they're doing these things that maybe aren't the most appropriate thing to do with the data. So get your act together now. Get the policies in place. Understand why your data is being collected. Follow the regulations to the nth degree and be prepared for what's coming down the pike because there's a lot coming. And, and I have one more final thought on that. Okay. It is important to do this for your customer's sake, but this is a softball from an attorney's perspective. There, there will be class actions. There will be the ambulance chasers going around looking for the low-hanging fruit to sue. Just like ADA is right now, right? That will absolutely happen. And yes, it's you need to do this for your customer because it's the right thing to do, but from a financial perspective, you need to do this for your business because you do not want to be that low-hanging fruit that gets made an example of. Right. We're seeing that a lot with ADA oh right now. Oh, my gosh, and yeah. ADA, well, again, ADA is something <clears throat> you should make sure that everything you do is accessible to as many people as possible. It, it's the right thing to do. We're the hospitality industry. If you are discriminating against a person because of their abilities or disabilities, then shame on you. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You should absolutely do everything you can to make your website and everything, your booking engine accessible. But it's hard and it mm -hmm. requires effort. And, and if you don't, there are big consequences. And this is the exact same thing. You need yeah. to put in the effort now because otherwise you may not have a business in the future if you don't do it now. And yes, it's going to get harder. Yes, you're going to have more restrictions. Yes, you're going to have to think through this more. Yes, you're going to have to spend more money. But that's okay at the end of the day because this is all aimed at protecting the consumer. And, and candidly, the consumer has had zero protection for a very, very long time, mm -hmm. which is why we're in the situation now with all these data breaches and all our data being corrupted and stolen and you know our identity thefts and all this stuff that happens on a way too regular basis. We did it to ourselves. We did. Marketers are the worst, man. I, I go to sleep shamed every night that I'm a marketer. <laughs> what have I done? But you're the host of an award-winning podcast. This is true. This and is I like tenets, to think yeah. that we... You know, it sounds a little sanctimonious, but I like to think we do things ethically. We do things the right way, right? That's what one of the things that differentiates fuel, and I think what what why we have long term clients that have been with us for a long, long time because they appreciate the fact that we we don't but BS them. We don't try to cut corners. We don't try to game any system. You know, we try to do the right thing. Ultimately, not just by a client, but by our, to our client's customer. That's what makes us a little different. There we go. Kukupa in, in the books. Kukupa. Hopefully, if you were freaking out about Kukupa, you're still freaking out a little bit, but maybe a little bit less. And at least we're giving you a direction to head. We're going to put a couple of links in this episode's show notes that you can go in and get um, more detailed examples of some of this stuff, like the actual legislation and does my business qualify and stuff like that. So go check that out. We're also going to put in a link to episode 80, was it two? where we talked about GDPR because I think it's a good refresher to go listen to that again. But this stuff's real, man. You better, you cannot be an ostrich. You cannot bury your head in the sand and pretend this isn't happening because if come July 1st of 2020, 
you you get caught. There's a lot of potential risk there. A lot of money. All right. So any final thoughts, words, anything you want to share? We're going to have uh, probably quite a few more of these similar episodes as yeah, most yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. legislation. Like the South Carolina one. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, it's coming. I mean, it really well, is. And I think this between GDPR and, and this is the first one on this side of the Atlantic, right? I mean, let's face it, GDPR or was the a, Pacific. That's true. <laughs> that's, it doesn't matter which way. So this is the first big U.S. push from a privacy perspective. It's been a long time coming, and it deserves to have its place. Yeah. We need to be respectful of our clients' information. Respect the USA. America. America. <laughs> that should have been the ending of the show. All right. Well, if you want to follow along with the notes to this show, we, we kind of documented this out with the question. You know, as, as we went through, we kind of got the what is GDPR, when did it take effect, all that stuff. What's the difference between – did I say GDPR again? What is CCPA? When did it take effect? All that stuff. We got those kind of broken out as questions because we want to be in Google's rich answers, right? So that's how we broke down the episode notes. You can get those at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 127. Don't click on episode one because that's a very different episode. It's about OTAs, but the quality of the sound was pretty naff. We were a whole different group of people back then. We uh, Three of us were on the first episode. I think Phil was the only one that was not. Mm-hmm. I think we had Misha back then, but yeah, yeah. Pete and, and you were here, Melissa. You I was just... not on the first episode. Were you not? What? I was not. Wow. Jeez, what an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Misha still listens to the show. She sometimes. does. That's funny. Yes, Misha. It was an upgrade. Wow. <laughs> it's brutal. Call her out. We're going to get some hate mail from Misha. That's sharing personal information. That's right. You did not apply here to CCPA. Hey, I have Good until work. January 2020. Okay. Well, maybe July, probably. All right. Well, I think that's we killed this episode, guys. Thank Boom. you for listening. We'd love for you to share the love, write a review, tell a friend, um, come see us at the uh, HSMI Marketing Strategy Conference in January. And if failing all that, just shoot us a good old email and tell us you listen. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. What we should keep doing. What we should stop doing. And if you have any questions at all or ideas for a future episode, we'd love to hear your input as well. So, Pete, they want to find you somewhere and tell you that we haven't talked about bees for a while. Where would they do that? They'd probably check on Twitter at PDIMAIO. P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And wait. Is this being released before Thanksgiving? Yeah. You can also find me at Thanksgiving eating a bunch of turkey and stuff. So <laughs> nice. Look there. But happy look, Thanksgiving, everybody. And yeah. Do you want to give out your address in, in case they want to come join you for Thanksgiving dinner? The best they can do is join me at Pete DeMeo at Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On Twitter. I hope you get a bunch of tweets. Hey, Pete, I'm coming over. <laughs> That's yeah. You know what? You can go and come to Twitter. <laughs> send everybody back yeah. pictures of turkey right. i'm gonna yeah. put i'm gonna put your your home address in the show notes is that all right i opt out of that <laughs> <laughs> hey we're not in california ah. sorry melissa i am on twitter ma kavanaugh m-a-k-a-v-a-n-a-g-h and philip you can find me on twitter at p fariska p-f-o-r-i-s-k-a you can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, the email address is info at fueltravel.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. That keeps us all inspired, and we always share it with the team and brings a smile to the, the hosts of the award-winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
We finish each other's sandwiches, Phil.